Well, don't uh, don't get confused that Robbie's going to be the one to entertain you because you again are listening to the Two Smoking Guns, and by golly, that's our job. That's so, our job. That's our job. Uh, Rutsy, hello to you, old good, son. This, I was thinking about this could be a good intro. What do you think about this one? Yeah, you know, I'm just playing around with them at the moment. <laughs> anyway, oh, I might right. give that a run next week. I, 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 See how I, we go. I got the sense that Robbie might not have found his groove. No, he hasn't yet for me. So he's he's just got to work into it, you know. <laughs> well, anyway. it was just the moment of my madness the other week. I think I had it playing very loud, and uh, I might have got carried away. So uh, nothing wrong. If with you, want loud bring, music. you want to bring back the original? <laughs> I'll leave it up to you. You're the man with all the keys and the boards and the plugs. I am all the wires. Um, how was your week, mate? Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and what we've got to do yes. is normally these days, because we're so organised. Oh, we are. Right? <laughs> we, uh, we either play this song. Or we play this one. Because <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> Anyway, a magic moment that caught my eye. Something (laughs) like that. Anyway, it's all a bit of a mystery to me. Yeah, um, got lost um, in translation. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, it's it's probably a week ago now, but we lost Tina Turner. Yeah, which was very very sad. And uh, I talk about playing loud music. Didn't I give Proud Mary a belt? Oh, did you? Over the weekend. Not going to bit of nut bush? Oh, I had a nut <laughs> Did you know that Australians invented the dance? The, the nut bush? The nut bush dance. Well, mate, if that's as good as it gets for us, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I think you. that and the hokey pokey. <laughs> that's, that's what you put your whole self in <laughs> yeah, you and do. take your whole self out. You do. Uh, and, hey, uh, speaking about whole self in and whole self out, yes. uh, I can't wait for next Monday. What's next Monday, sir? The Big Freeze Nine. Oh, we yes. talked about it the so other the, week. Uh, the King's birthday, that yes. hasn't quite got the same ring hasn't to it. Hasn't got the same ring. Might have to wait about a decade to sort of feel more comfortable with that. Not sure. Uh, but that is the day. And I believe uh, there's a surfer whose name escapes me right now because I don't think it's... Who was, who's our surfer that almost got chomped? That's Mick was it, Fanning. Was it Mick Fanning? Yeah. I think it's Mick he, Fanning. He, he punched the shark. Yeah. Well, I, uh, my mail tells me, unless I'm mistaken, that um, Mickey Fanning is going down the slide. Well, I can see your Mick Fanning and raise you Eric Banner. Oh, Eric Banner's going down. Eric. Yeah, but Mick's going down on a surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing his own. <laughs> and uh, so the speculation... What, makes... Eric Banner going down in the GT, <laughs> GTA HO or something? Well, well, is he going to be dressed as Chopper? Yeah, oh, he's got to dress as Chopper, doesn't is he? Is he going to be dressed as Pointer? Oh, Pointer. He could be Pointer. Is he going to be dressed as the Hulk? Yeah, well, this is a very good He's point. He's got a couple to play with, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Or is he just going to surprise us all with a new character? Yeah, well, there's an opportunity to do that in front of a very large crowd and a very big TV audience, I guess. I would. He's just got to do Chopper, would, doesn't he? I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, you know, get the get the elastic band on the ears <laughs> and make those look a bit weird and you know, all the rest of it. 
<laughs> the big gold tooth. That would be really good if he'd get yeah, that. Be, uh, yeah, that'd be superb. It'd be up there. Because that'd be up there with Rui um, doing uh, Queen. Oh, well, he or apparently Freddie had, Mercury. He's got so. the gold medal thus far. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's fair too. Because he not only dressed sort of like him, but, you know, there were some of the actions and mannerisms that went with it. He did, so, he did Freddie very yeah, well. Yeah, he did Freddie he? really well. Yeah, yeah. so I think he's yeah. a clubhouse leader. So far, you know, Freddie Mercury and I were born on exactly the same day. Is that right? Mm. Fun you look, fact: you look nothing like him. Thank <laughs> goodness, because he probably doesn't look so good these days. No, I would think so. R.I.P. But um, anyway, there we go. Hey, just when uh, I've got to talk to you about a bunch of things today, uh, mate. I've got a loony that if I read one more, my head's going to explode. You love your loonies. Well, I sort of do until I read this one. I haven't got it absolute clue what he's talking about. So I need you to um, decipher it for me. Okay. Because you know he's, he, he's quite cryptic and left of, you know, left of centre when it comes All, to... Always. And, um, and yeah, yeah, so go, go. Anyway, yeah. I'll step you through that. But just when, you know, if, if I was to get a gold medal for anything mm. right now, mm. what would you, you know, in, in a fun way... What would you give me a gold medal for? Gold medal. Well, I've often yeah. said you could have represented Australia at the World Men's Trolley Championship. Yeah, well, that's that's just about where I'm at, right? Because right? I, I reckon I'd go okay with a Chinese menu. Well, I've eaten at a Chinese restaurant with you. With me, yes. I always hand you the menu. Yeah, I, I end up with about 18 of them, you know, <laughs> depending on how many people have come for lunch. And I seem to be the... Funnily enough, Scotty, go to you've man. never been one to under-order. Well, I don't see the point. <laughs> um, because then you'd only have to order more. Uh-huh. So just bring it in. You know, uh, ship it you in. Know. So, yeah, I, you know, I love the, uh, I, I have coined the phrase, um, it's the Yum Char Olympics, it's the Men's 100 Trolleys. Yes. Uh, or the Beer Olympics, you know, the Men's 100 Pots. Yes. Uh, we, probably the uh, trolleys, are, we'd probably still be all right with the trolleys, not sure about the 100 Pots. But just when I thought oh, I sort of knew my way around a menu, I, I, I had to get a, a whole re-education when I read a piece about ordering a Chinese meal. Somebody has written about the way in which you should order a Chinese meal, and I'm not sure I agree with it. Well, and I, I'm gonna. I'm just my, gonna my opinion, put it past just, you. Just, well, put it past me. But yeah, my opinion would be everything's foreplay until the Peking duck. Yeah, uh, or, or even the salt and pepper calamari for me. <laughs> you know, that that sort of gets most of me going, yeah. um, and 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 creates a lovely pathway for the duck. I, I would have to say, um, yes, a runway. So yeah, it's the runway exactly. So, um, uh, do you want to do it now? Bang, go. So, I was just reading through it and it says, if you think Chinese food is heavy, deep fried and ultimately unsatisfying, then you haven't navigated the menu correctly. Right. So, uh, I I actually found this a bit polarising. You haven't navigated your way around, uh, sorry, Order the Chinese way and your dining experience will be transformed. Transformation. So there seems to be a Chinese way of ordering Chinese food. Talk me through that. All right. So uh, first of all, uh, I'm not sure how we go with this. Um, head out about six o'clock. Early start. Very me. early start, yes. Uh, we're normally uh, lubricating our um, throats. That's uh, what's uh, uh, called in, in my part of the world a nursery tea. Well, <laughs> exactly. 
the Chinese eat very early, and if you arrive, the best dishes. Uh, sorry, if you if you arrive uh, at eight, the best dishes might be gone. Oh, okay. so they make an allowance for you know they've got a certain amount of duck, a certain right. amount of fish, and Go whatnot. On. So you get there at eight o'clock. There's a fair chance you're going to get the you know the the, the, the leftover fried rice. Well, or, or the frozen fish, oh, and no, not the fresh one. We don't want no. that. Or the frozen scallops, and we don't want those either. So um, if you have a Chinese host, they will customarily do all of the ordering, which simplifies your life. Now I've I've been down that path too, where I've actually handed the menu back and gone. I'll leave it up to oh, you. Really? I've done it in an Indian restaurant. Chef's there's a, there's a very good one down in uh, North Road in Almond. Hmm. And uh, I don't think I've ever ordered anything in there. I just look at him and he goes, I know what you want. I know what you want. He just goes, and What's your hunger level? So, not yeah, we, 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 we just talk about quantity, not, yeah. Uh, yeah. not what. Um, Chinese menus are vast, and the waiter is um, expected to loiter at the table as you choose your dishes. First off, Determine what regional cuisine the restaurant offers and be sure to choose at least some of those dishes. Ah. So different regions are going to serve different styles of food. I'm aware of that, but I've never asked my Chinese restaurant proprietor what his regional speciality is. Which side of the hill the duck comes from. (laughs) Check out what other diners are eating. I do do that from time to time. I go, it's not bad. You've often told me that you often go to the toilet early. Yeah. And not because you need to go, nah. but just so you can walk past yeah. other tables yeah. and see what they have. Yeah, just do a lap. Yeah. yeah. Do a yeah. lap. Yeah, just do a lap. Just, just a warm-up lap. It's called an educational it's lap. Scotty's warm-up <laughs> lap. It's my warm-up <laughs> lap. It's my peekaboo moment. Um, check out what other diners are eating, and if they're tucking into the same three dishes, you can bet you should too. Oh, I think that's pretty good advice. Good advice. In-house specialties are prominently listed early in the menu with several variations, such as numerous types of beef short ribs. It's your mistake if you order boring beef and broccoli from the back of the menu. Ah, fair enough. Right? I always look at the chef's specials. Yeah. Well, regard well, whether yeah, they're special good. or not. Yeah, no, that's true. Unchinese ingredients, listen to this, mm. unchinese ingredients such as broccoli, mm. peas, carrot, onion, pineapple, and honey or lemon sauce should warn you in overseas Chinese restaurants that the food is aimed at an untutored foreign palate. Oh, an untutored palate. Yes. So uh, if you're ever thinking of having the sweet and sour pork with pieces of pineapple, you're a peasant. <laughs> I don't mind that. <laughs> I'd like it. I'm with you. You won't get authentic food, which is a pity, since real sweet and sour, among many other dishes, is far superior to the gluggy, glossy affair we're familiar with in Australia. Uh-huh. Fair enough. So, and that's I think probably it's a, probably adjusted for the Western palate. Yeah, I think so. Is it not? Yeah, lots of sauce and yeah. bit thick and lots of image. <laughs> Yes, adjusted Um, for the West. Regional cuisine varies considerably across China, but as a general rule, the meal opens with the restaurant's specialties and with the more expensive and elaborate dishes such as whole fish, seafood or roast duck. Right? Most of the dishes will arrive all at once or in random sequences they are cooked. They might include cold dishes, stir-fried vegetables, tofu and meat. Only towards the end do soup and carbohydrates such as rice, noodles or dumplings appear. Ah. Uh, desserts aren't a big feature of Chinese meals, but you invariably get some fruit. 
a yeah. balanced Chinese restaurant meal. A fried banana. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, with a flag in it. Uh, a balanced Chinese restaurant meal has dishes that are hot and cold, complex and simple, and they vary in taste and texture. The meal should also showcase different cooking techniques, uh, te- 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 such as stir-frying, deep-frying, steaming, boiling and pickling. Pickling. Anyway, I won't go on sort of much more than that, but, it, you know, dishes must be shared. You don't eat them uh, in any particular order. The point is to mix fish with beef, hot vegetables with cold, so you're never overwhelmed by a single flavour or texture. Think of your Chinese meal as a symphony. A symphony. With each dish a musical instrument delightful in itself, ah. but also required to contribute to the whole and enjoy. Well, a symphony, oh, I think it's I'm more like a concerto when I eat with you. Yeah, no, it's like a rock band. <laughs> it's just mental. <laughs> now, talk me through this because yep. okay. local, there's, this is a bit of local news for us. Local news? Um, I don't know whether you've been to the races at Caulfield of, of recent uh, times. Uh, not for a couple of years, actually. But, but they, um, they've they all set to transform that precinct. Yeah. Or the race course precinct. Yeah. Yep. So they're building, um, in addition to um, redoing all the stables area, yes. you know, that part yep. of the world That's there. That's the southwest corner of the... They're actually uh, going to experiment with putting a few of those underground a la Hong Kong, as I understand it. They're also set to transform the pavilion, or the grandstand, the grand pavilion they're calling it. Yeah. But it's going to be one of these interesting things where it's not facing one way towards the racetrack, it's facing 360 because out the back, they're going to develop that into a festival area. So you Across get, the road? Well, no. Or just, they're just, or just sort out of the back of, just, on the, the racetrack. Right. And they're also developing an area where they can have rock concerts oh and the like. Goodness me. So it's going to be a full, you know, re, redevelopment of so it So this all. is all on the outside of the track, though. So this isn't on the inside of the track. I don't know, because they're turning the track, revamping the track... And they're turning it into an entertainment function and hospitality space instead of just a horse racing right. um, place. So they're re- redoing the mounting yard, the day stalls, um, and um, they're also redoing the grandstand. Um, they like and they hope it's going to be a bit of a game changer. Um, they want to transform it. They want to have racing up to 45 times a year, midweek and night racing. And the pavilion obviously caters for um, for non-racing events. Well, it, one of its greatest advantages is that it's got a railway line that's got about four different lines that feed into it. I totally agree. Um, so I and think therefore, those folk from many parts of the state can make their way simply on a train and, and walk off the road. It's a big hunk of land. It's so a very, a, very big piece of land. Got an opportunity to do something with it, and they su- suggest that. Uh, the grandstand starting next year will be finished in time for the 2026 racing carnival. Right. So because look out for that. I'm going to expand on your story, if I may, because in recent times, um, and I think probably if memory serves, this is about the fourth, maybe fifth month, that they now have a monthly market. Well, like a on farmer's the, market. Like a big farmer's market. Nice. On the inside of the track. Yes. So you go down to where those stables are, down that southwest corner near Nearham Road or whatever it is, yeah. the roundabout, and there's a little road that goes in, it goes underneath the goes track. Un- under the track. Right. So you drive in there, and lo and behold, there's a hundred stalls in there. So there's 
blokes selling belts and there's there's food and there's wine and there's gin and there's honey and flowers and odd you know socks and haberdashery and um, and the bride and I actually went there. We went to the last one. I said to her, I said to her yesterday, I can't believe this come around so quickly again. And it's, and it's actually on this Sunday. Um, and uh, the reason why it sort of caught my attention was that the, I went there. I went to the very first one when it first opened. Yeah. And I walked past and saw, and I might have shared this with you, um, I saw a jar of honey for $175. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, that would be... Still had the bees in it. That would, that would be Manuka honey. I don't know what it, it was, mate, but I tell you... to have medicinal qualities. Uh, but um, there was a bloke there sharpening knives. You could take your, your very good quality knives and he'll give them the, the once-over and there's a hell of a technique with that, I'll tell you. Mm. You know, they use a leather strap to actually sharpen a knife. I have heard that. Yeah. So, and I was talking to him about... Be about very the, careful. Oh, I've just, I've done mine recently at home and by goodness, I, I don't have a good quality stone because it's all about the quality of the stone. Yes. And the quality of your steel and your knife. Yeah. So you've got a cheap, nasty knife, don't worry about it, just ditch that. Um, but it is about the quality of the stone and the stones sell up to 250 bucks a stone. Yeah. So you kind of like and your knives. yeah, you do, but it's the no good for a bread. It's knife. the best and only way to really sharpen only a knife. Only good for chopping knives. Yeah, well, no, I've done it with my little paring knives. So the, you know the no. whole the whole thing. No, so, not for um, bread knives or anything. No, you wouldn't do the bread knife, and you probably don't need to do your bow saw either. So <laughs> you can probably leave, and your chainsaw doesn't need it either. So, but no, this it's actually quite therapeutic, and there really is a method. of you know, went onto onto Doctor YouTube and. Had a look at, at, at how you do it. A lot of people do pottery, you know, as a therapeutic mechanism. Yeah. Something you sharpen yeah, knives. I sharpen knives and well, then go to the market. Which <laughs> tells me a lot about you. And then go camping. Right. In the Belingalo Forest. I tell you, but I did, uh, this takes me back to my childhood because I had a mate of mine um, who used to live on Queens Road and... He had a two-storey house. He had a big room upstairs. I used to go and stay with him, uh, even buddy, back in the early days. And we'd get up at 4.30 in the morning, yeah. and his house was high enough and the fence was low enough, we could see all the horses doing their track work on a Saturday morning. Doing, a, doing the And fall. then uh, during the day, we'd go across the road into the middle of the track, and we'd go and catch yabbies in the lake that's in the middle of the racetrack. Anyway, there uh, you go. Old stories Memories. about Caulfield. We'll be back with more in a sec. Okay. On 88.3 Southern FM, this is Two Smoking Guns with Scotty and Rutsy. As part of one of Australia's biggest banks, Bendigo Community Bank, Sandringham and Hyatt have everything you need. All the product, service and technology of a big bank, plus the personal attention and genuine commitment you expect from your community bank. If you want to feel good about who you bank with, drop into Community Bank, Sandringham or Hyatt and let us help you make the switch. When you bank local, great things happen in your community. Proudly brought to you by Community Banks Hyatt and Sandringham. When it comes to kids' sport, parents have lots of questions. Do I have to volunteer or can I just donate to the club? How often do you train? Will she get to play with her friends and will they be in the same team? But there are vital questions every parent should ask. How will you keep my child safe? Is this a safe club for kids? What does the club have in place to make sure that our children are protected? Don't take child safety at your club for granted. Find the important questions at playbytherules.net.au and start to talk. On 88.3 Southern FM, you're with Scotty and Rutsy. 
two smoking guns. So I'm still working on this. Um, <laughs> I reckon still this might this this might still be. Oh. Is this going to ditch Robbie? Oh, I don't know, mate. No? It's, uh, it's, I'm so it. we're having a live production <laughs> meeting now, are we, Rutsy? We're, yeah, we we're going to sit here and just, you know, pontificate. Well, I'm just going to play various intro soundtracks for the next 45 minutes. Well, you, See can, how it goes. you can do that. Find a little track. <laughs> In fact, I'll tell you what, I... I Recently, I don't know why I've done this, and I, I shared it with my daughter. She thinks I've, I've just lost lost my mind. Oh, she's, but she's, she's very right. insightful yeah, young well, lady. Well, she's normally bang on. So, um, I, I saw something on YouTube um, uh, about all these people dancing, hmm. um, but it was you know to really good music, and it was really good dancing. And I've now I'm now following about half a dozen of these people, and oh. they play tremendous music. And some of the footwork in some of this dancing is just unbelievable. Um, but I just find it, it's, um, it makes me up and about a bit. It's quite it, – you know, it puts a smile on my dial. As I say, I love the music. And I just look at them and go, gee, you're clever. Very clever people. Yeah, because um, I, I, reckon, I, I reckon I'd get out there and I'd have 14 feet. 14 and, uh, feet. I'd be falling over in a heartbeat. But, and then I saw – um, this is what really tipped her over, I think. I said to her and shared with her a piece of ice skating mm. that was done to a rock tune. Not Torval and Dee. No. Um, and these two were off the chart as well. I'm not, I thought I might have even sent it to you. I'm Maybe. not sure. Um, but it wouldn't... I would never have watched it if they hadn't been dancing to this particular rock tune. Yeah. And it, the whole thing put together in terms of the moves that they did, the music was outstanding. Took, took it to a whole new level. Choreography, that's cool. Yeah. Choreography. Yeah. Well, speaking about music, this yeah. caught my eye through the week. Yes. Did you know that there's a song that's been voted the world's most relaxing song? Well, I read it, and I, uh, I read it briefly, and, and I, I didn't take it any further. But yes, I heard there was something that said it's the world's most relaxing song. World's most relaxing song. Right. How's it go? Well, I might play it a bit as I explain the thing for you. I'll just play it in the background. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone already. So this is um, uh, New Zealand alt-pop artist Benet, is her yeah. name. Yeah. She's combined her favourite comfort food with expertise from neuroscientists to design what may be the most relaxing song in the world. While you eat, listen to my voice. <laughs> the song is called Bagels after her most favourite comfort food. Right. And it was found to reduce anxiety more effectively than other tracks. Um, they've played it to 30 young people hooked up to EEG brain tests and found they reported lower feelings of anxiety. It's got a 4-4 time structure and a tempo of 60 to 80 beats per minute and the result is an ambient lo-fi track with soft beats that incorporates spoken words. Time to wake up now, Scotty. When I click my fingers, 
you'll be back with the two smoking guns. Uh, well, yeah. I'll say this. I, I defy anybody to have an argument while you're listening to that song. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty... Uh, I mean, I get it. Uh, it probably need to be in a different setting because otherwise, you know, we're, we're trying to, we are trying to stay awake here no, to actually knock true. out the rest of I this show. But I can imagine... I thought it was interesting. I can imagine lying down in a very dark room with some really good headphones oh, on, yeah. I, that that'd make you feel pretty it's good. It's called Bagels by Benet. Yeah. Check that yeah, out yeah, if I'm, you've I'm, got a slight insomnia problem this evening. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let me do that. All right, well, talking about things that... Uh, change up the brain, my friend. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk. Oh, God. Old Musky. What's Musky up to Musky's now? Musky's up to... Is he had another child that's got an alphabet for, a, up, for a name? He's up to a lot of stuff, but yeah, he's no. got a new startup. Oh, what is it called this time? Neuralink. Is this AI tech? No, 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 no. This is... Uh, Neuralink has announced it has approval from US regulators to test its brain implants in people. Oh, come on. Oh, Yeah. Now we're getting scary. Now AI, now brain implants. This is called control. Neuralink has permission for inhuman, if it's first inhuman, not inhuman, (laughs) within human, not inhuman, not inhumane, but within human clinical study. He said it's an important first step for its technology intended to let brains interface directly with computers. Be scared, be very scared. Yeah, well, it's not like putting on a set of headphones or glasses. You can't just whip it out once it's in there. You're going to plug your Thunderbolt port from your temple into your computer. What, am I going to have a USB portal in the side of my cranium here and just go to go to Officeworks and buy an empty empty USB stick and Correct. download stuff? You'd, you'd probably only need a 2G. I reckon I'd need two point, point 2G. <laughs> not much in there. <laughs> so... Um, He's got uh, oh. he's got the approval. He said uh, he said on Twitter. Yeah. Um, recruitment for a trial is not yet open, but I'm not going to be joining. My queue. Well, I'm not joining. <laughs> I'm not joining. We've been working hard to be ready for our first human implant, and obviously we want to be extremely careful and certain that it will work well before putting a device in a human. Put it into a robot. No, <laughs> no shit. No. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I mean, I get, we, we I mean. It's coming. Is, is that, okay, is that going too far on the basis that we've already got stuff inside, some people have already got stuff inside them that have got microchips. Yeah. Like a pacemaker. Well, pacemaker, pacemaker, pacemaker is a great right? example. I mean, my dear old dad used to go and get his pacemaker serviced <laughs> every year at Cabrini and there's no taking shirts off or cutting, making new cuts and pulling it out and downloading it. They just held a device. They just sat a device on. They, they sat next to him. Yeah. And all the data it was just Wi-Fi that like, came from the chip inside his little yeah. ticker thing. And it's like a car. Yeah, exactly. And check just it get, out. Put a new battery in for him and on and the end and away you go. Bit of a grease and oil change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, didn't like, he didn't like outsee the battery. Unfortunately, that was the problem. But yeah. um, it's scary stuff, Scotty. Yeah, that's yeah. It's I, scary I, I, want, stuff. I want to know for what purpose? What's the, what's the real end game benefit? To society, oh, I don't know, but I just think it's 
you know, scientific advancement and people so, get very excited, but the moral and the ethic, ethical questions have got to catch up yeah, at but, some point. But then what What if some nasty parts of the world that don't exactly like us well, start mate, to infiltrate and integrate well, mate, and then change these chips and put stuff in them that makes us do all sorts of silly stuff? Oh, I totally agree with you. Now, if, if, if my computer can get hacked by Russian, yeah. um, you know, state hackers... Lady Vostok. And I've got my um, brain yeah. plugged into my said computer. Yeah. Does that mean they can take over my brain? Well, why not? Yeah, I mean, why not? It stands I to mean, reason. It, you know that um, it would might might explain my, some of my, my head now hurts <laughs> at the thought of where that could potentially go. It's quite scary. Um, Anyway, but, but some of um, some of these I've seen some of these robots lately that are just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, stick them in one of those to begin with. Yeah, well, I think well, they a bunch have. of thoughts in one of those. Yeah. Just get Chat GPT to write something. Stick it in. Put one trillion logarithms in and play around with that for a decade. I think they already are. Mate. Yeah, no, no, no doubt they are. <laughs> No doubt. Anyway, anyway. Wow. Why don't you do your lunic for me now well, while we're, we're talking about brain well, we're frying? About blowing up brains. <laughs> so I do like my lunic, um, but I, I'm not sure. I, I found it partly amusing, um, partly indecipherable. Right. Um, it just is entitled How To. How to live in a mad world of chaos, danger, corruption, injustice, and ugliness. Scientists have long, long been tackling the problem without any luck at the casino. <laughs> the, uh, the political leaders, the media and the corporations are all part of this manic debacle. Mm -hmm. Here, The Prime Minister is dealing with it by becoming a male model engaged in endless photo shoots. <laughs> That's where it starts to go a bit weird. <laughs> um, a popular solution is to give up Roll over and watch continuous movies with a bottle of something soothing. Yes. Okay. Okay. Only to be rounded out by something you could try is to make friends with a duck, a tree, a cello and the moon. <laughs> now, it's... Best regards, Rudy. <laughs> so he might, have, he might have already had his brain I, fried I tell you by what, a computer. It's certainly been altered. It's somehow... Can you work your way through half of that? No. That's pretty weird. Hey, um, I do want to share this with you. I, every day is a school day. Yeah. But do you know um, that I was talking to you off air, uh, and, and I'm going to come back to this because our old mate uh, Sly has written a fantastic piece yeah. in the paper about the Soggies. Soggies have got some new... Special Operations Group. Yeah. Well, it's also an acronym for another name. That relates to the Soggies, and do you know what that is? No, I don't believe I do. And I didn't know this either. But uh, I sort of got a fair way down through the article, and what I came across was the fact that Soggy also stands for Sons of God. In the context of... Okay, we'll keep going. Saving people and oh, you know, doing, doing yeah, all the right thing. Right, yeah. So, and where it comes from is, uh, I'll just read you this little section... As you enter the first massive building, so they got some new digs and they got some new equipment. You know, they're not shooting into sandbags anymore. You know, they they got some pretty decent stuff going on. And, yeah. I, and I'll unpack this uh, on another uh, another session. As you first enter the massive building, you notice the mess room is spotless. 
Well, I could imagine that would be the case. On the wall is the Soggy uh, logo. So they've got a logo and it's got and they have a motto. Do they? And the motto is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, yeah. which says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Ah. So Soggy does that for Special Operations Group, but it also has the reference back to their logo and their DNA, my friend, in terms of what they do. Um, so he says, we are guided uh, on our tour by Peter, a 27-year-old Soggy veteran who's been uh, seen the group evolve from Rambos to high-tech specialists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the early days of the Soggies. It would have been a bit loose. Oh, it would have been very, very yeah. loose. Um, so anyway, I'm going to read that in depth and, and give you a pricey of uh, just what it is. But, you know, when I read that there's the name Forrest Gump in here, anti-terror cop and all sorts of stuff like that. I'm not going to do it justice by brushing over it, but um, so he entitles it Inside the Secret World of the Sog. The Sog. The Sons of God. All right. Well, I want to introduce a new segment, and (laughs) um, it's a segment that we're not going to do all the time, (laughs) but periodically we're going to do it. And the yes. segment's entitled... Has it, got, has it got a little tune? It's got a tune. I'm going to play the entire tune. No, because it goes for a bit. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to do it. Um, it's a segment called Dumb Ways to Die, Scotty. Yeah. And apropos of a suggestion you made to me <laughs> some time ago. Yeah. And uh, you've also pointed out there's a lovely little song. Uh, it was a TV commercial. It, 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 yes. And it, and it was about, uh, I think... The genesis came about because we're having so many people that were trying to cross railway line crossings when the boom gates were down. Right. And then they extrapolated that out further to say, well, you probably shouldn't stick your chicken, your, your kitchen knife in your toaster and you probably shouldn't pour petrol on your on the fire out the back to get it going a bit more. And so they, um, they came up with this little tune, which I just I shared with you and I thought it was marvellous. We're going to enjoy it. Yeah, and we're going to enjoy it. We're going to come back and talk about some dumb ways to die. Like. <laughs> Set fire to your hair <laughs> Poke a stick at a grizzly bear Eat medicine that's out of date Use your private parts as piranha play Dumb ways to die So many dumb 
favorite in there um so both your kidneys on the internet yeah. i think might have been uh, mine no uh mine well yeah, well very good uh mine was use your private parts for piranha bait <laughs> <laughs> right so that was the introduction to a new segment we've got called dumb ways to die and this is a hats off to the darwin awards which uh, we've yes. we've done before on the show yes, where people it's a great, there's a great website if you want to look at this because yeah. they uh, tell stories about the dumb ways people have died. Yes. So the first one I've got for you today, and these are all from last year. These right. all happened in a year. Yeah, last year. Mm. Right. So you're wearing body armour in a war zone, Scotty. Yeah. And you spot, Good start. Yeah, you spot an abandoned MacBook. You want the MacBook, but where do you hide it? With quick, quick reflexes, a Russian soldier slid that MacBook into his chest armour pocket, oh my God. replacing it, replacing a ballistic plate that was there to, designed to save his life. Oh, good. So he's taken out his ballistic plate and yeah. put the MacBook in. Yeah, good. He was killed in Irpin and his body was retrieved and um, they reportedly found a stolen iPad as well, but... Uh, guess where the iPad was hidden? In his chest pocket, and it had a big hole in it, and it went straight through and killed him. So right. MacBooks are not armour. Well, I, no, I thought that story is when you said he'd uh, actually picked up the MacBook and then put it in and taken the plate of armour out, I thought, well, that's okay, other than the fact that the MacBook is actually a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to just blown him to smithereens. That might be next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty silly. So um, this is another story from last year. We're a Dutch football pro, Mr. Lambratti. He was hungry for a prank, and he thought leaping off a cliff into a th- into the ocean would be a great idea. Mm-hmm. He thought that his athletic strength would carry him into the waters 30 metres below, but what he failed to understand that he had to jump horizontally out 10 metres yes. um, to clear the cliff. Yes, um, and then gravity took over. Yeah, gravity sort of <laughs> leapt into it. And uh, despite the fact that uh, he was a very fit young man, um, he sort of clipped the rocks on his way down. Oh, no. Uh, because uh, even a great footballer cannot leap 10 metres horizontally. No. Um, and then his impact velocity 
was measured at 88 click, which is 55 miles per hour. Yes. Which is the equivalent to being hit by a vehicle on the motorway. Yes. So he sadly left us at age 31. Yeah, goodbye. Yes. <laughs> um, but he did invent a new term called tombstoning. Oh. This is a caper where a thrill seeker hurls himself off a cliff edge to hit the water feet first and die. Great. Yes. Terrific. So that was good. It's going to be in the next Olympics, this, that sport? This, or? this next, they've got two more for you. Death by water bottle f- waterfall, oh this one. Gosh. So this is a supermarket in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, the man um, was a, he snuck into the market, um, broke in. He paused to enjoy a drink of water, pulling a bottle from a towering mountain of water bottles, and the whole stack collapsed on him like a tidal wow. wave. And uh, He died because of that? He died because he took the bottle out of the stack of bottles and the entire pallet load of bottles right. fell on him. Right. And they were able to, they had CCTV footage, which would have made for interesting viewing. Yeah, the police yes, were yeah. able to reconstruct the last moments of his life as he tugged the bottle free and was crushed by the weight of the crates. Yeah. People right. were sad he had died, but he'd, he'd broken in twice, and so he was taunting gravity to do its best, which it did. Yes. Well, he, uh, he got what he, uh, he got his just desserts, I yes. guess. And the last one I've got for you was the car wash. Oh. And why did a Las Vegas resident jump out of the car inside a car wash at midnight? Um, Renee Tacte drove into the car wash, then exited his hatchback while the drive was still in gear. Under its own power, the, the car crept forward and the 56-year-old was pinned beneath the vehicle. How does he end up under the vehicle? He was unresponsive uh, when they found him. Um, no extenuating circumstances have been found. So we bestow upon Renee a washed-up Darwin Award and uh, congratulations on dying in a very stupid way. Well, um, can I share with you... Um, uh, this, that's probably a lovely segue because I, I've got a chap here who um, recently caught a flight and uh, he got a little bit anxious uh, during the flight. Um, so this was on Asiana Airlines, uh, and a man uh, was feeling suffocated. He was a bit anxious and feeling suffocated, and he wanted to get off. Um, so what do you normally do when you want to get off a plane if you're feeling suffocated? Don't know, Scotty. We open the door, right? <laughs> the problem was the plane was in the air. Dear. So, a man who opened an emergency exit on an Asiana Airlines flight in mid-air felt suffocated and wanted to get off quickly. South Korean police said on Saturday, the plane was carrying nearly 200 passengers approached the runway on Friday, uh, 240 kilometres west of Seoul on a domestic flight. When the plane was about 200 metres above the ground, the man, who police said was in his 30s, opened the exit door. Well done. And that Um, was... Dumb ways to die, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> On 88.3 Southern FM, this is Two Smoking Guns with Scotty and Rutsy. Hi, I'm Takaya Honda, Dementia Australia Ambassador. Are you or someone you love living with dementia? Then have a listen to the Dementia Guide audiobook. It is the go-to resource to help you live well with dementia. Get the Dementia Guide from the Dementia Australia website now. Stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon. Stop the Pigeon, 
and tune into Pigeon Radio Australia with racing pigeon news and interviews and weekly race results. Interviews with champion racing pigeon flyers from all over the world. Every Wednesday from 10am to 12pm right here on your racing pigeon community station 88.3 Southern FM. The sounds of the Bayside. On 88.3 Southern FM, you're with Scotty and Rutsy, two smoking guns. Pack it up early, going home and get my girly on, it's wine time. Hurry up with the mascara, I'm as dry as a Sahara, yes it's wine time. A bottle and a platter and there's nothing else that matters when it's wine time. I've known them since the 80s. They're the finest group of ladies when it's wine time. Yes, Scotty, it's our favourite little segment. It's it's wine time. Yeah. You love that Becky Cole song, don't you? I do, actually. Yes, I think that's got a, a really catchy little tune to it. So I'm going to take you through to Spain today. Española. Española. Sí, sí, señorita. Señora. Um, we're going to talk about Arioca. Arioca. Because many people this time of year do go overseas. Yep. And Italy is very popular, but also Spain is quite a popular destination. I've got a mate of mine in, in Italy right now and another one that just jetted off to Greece last Thursday. So. And because uh, if you can't travel, because not everyone is in the position where they can... One of the things you can do is buy a bottle of wine from the region you'd like to go to. Yes, very true. And pretend you're there. Yes. So that's what we're doing today. Put some musica on. Yeah, we're <laughs> pretending. Just get your castanets out. <laughs> we're heading off to Spain. And, very uh, good. We're talking about a great variety, Scotty, called Tempranillo. Yes. Uh, which you've probably heard well, of. I have heard and of. And in particular, we're talking about a region in northern Spain in the Basque country. Basque. Which is northeast. Is that B-A-S-Q-U-E? Yeah, correct. Right. You're up near the, okay. the border of uh, Spain and France. There's yeah. mountains there called the Pyrenees. Yeah, the Pyrenees. Yes. And um, so the designation or the designation of origin of Rioja is based there. So it's a special one of these special things. As we've talked before, you have to, you can only call it Rioja if it's yep. grown in these particular regions. Yes. And there's only 161 acres of it, right? Wow. So there's not a lot of it. It's not a big plot. There's 16,000 vineyards within that. Wow. <laughs> right. That's a fair few. Even as ever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Rioja is, um, it's, a, it's, it's a red wine. It's aged in oak, typically mm-hmm. typically French or American oak can yep. be used. Yep. And what the oak does, Scotty, is it gives it a lovely feeling of vanilla and uh, caramel and coconut sort of flavours, mm. woody sort of flavours. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's it's a dark of dark berries, think cherries, think high acidity, high tannin, so yeah. you're getting that lovely yeah when you're drinking it. Mm-hmm. Very good with, obviously, tapa, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 Spanish yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. Good with seafood, though, and as you're coming into winter, we're in winter now, Sometimes nice. You want something with a bit more body, a bit more oomph, a bit more oomph. So um, I'd re- highly recommend Rioja to you. And uh, if you're going uh, up market, you can get a thing called Rioja Reserva. So look for that. Right. And um, so whilst we encourage drinking responsibly on this show, very responsibly, we certainly do encourage drinking. <laughs> 
Oh, I didn't mean that. And you'd have to be... <laughs> no, we'll stop. No, we'll stop. <laughs> well, while we're still talking so, about wine... So try, try Rioja, Scotty. Okay, I've written that down, Rioja. Thank you. It's your homework. Um, now, I'm not recommending this for you because the, I, this, is, uh, this is not your speed, but um, I, I, this just caught my attention uh, again. Um, goon gets bagged. Goon. <laughs> the old goon bag. Oh, right? goon. Cask wine or goon has been decreasing in popularity as a drink of choice for Aussies, but is still popular among our heaviest drinkers, according to Australian research. Goon. La Trobe University researchers combined data from two surveys of Aussies aged 16 and over about their drinking habits over the past decade and found goon was almost entirely drunk at home or disproportionately by big drinkers. Goon is the cheapest alcohol in Australia at an average uh, of 54 cents per standard drink. Goon. Yep. Now, I'm going to argue that uh, people that drink goon are the smartest people on the planet, all right? Because they're heavy drinkers, they fall over, and all they're doing is carrying their own pillow. (laughs) Goon. Hey, how about that? The goon sack. I think we used to play footy with them. <laughs> the goon sack. There you oh, go. The goon sack. Oh, God. Thank you very much uh, for that. You've <laughs> taken the tone of that segment down several several rungs. Yeah. Well, sorry about that. But that's, <laughs> that's just the way this show goes. <laughs> oh, all right. All now, right. Now it's time for this one, baby. We're not talking about steaks today, Scotty. We're talking about burgers. Burgers? Because we missed out. Oh, do you we? know how there's a day for everything? Yeah. So yeah. a couple of weeks back it was World Burger Day. Was it? Yeah. Oh. We missed out. Was there. it held here or it's just, just around the world? Well, I did discover. I did catch a, catch a, catch a whiff of this way after it was over. But uh, apparently a lot of restaurants were selling burgers for a dollar. <laughs> were we they? Missed, we missed out. Gee whiz. Yeah, we missed yeah, out. No, that's so good. So I thought, um, just by way of catching up about burgers, because I do like burgers, yeah, but I don't like, eat like burgers. Burger. I don't eat as many as the Americans do. Right. Americans uh, consume around 50 billion burgers a year. 50 billion burgers? Correct. Dear goodness me. And uh, over its lifetime as an institution, the big arches, the yellow, the red arches, yeah, the golden yeah. arches, golden arches. They call them, yeah. They've sold 300 billion burgers since they've been in existence. No wonder cardiologists do well over there. Oh, mate. If you you add up the amount of burgers Americans eat in a week, and they eat on average three burgers a week. Three a week? Which accounts for how slim they are. I wouldn't have three a month. I know. And when I do, I savour it, but I don't eat them as a regular. No, no. And and you're talking about... You're talking about the fish and chip shop burger no, they've or got, they've got all of them haven't they they've got chains of the things over there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. no i'm talking about when you have a burger though so are you talking about yeah, regardless of whether you're getting it from the golden or whether you're getting right, it okay. from you know the, the chains or they're just vastly different that's all oh well so, if you're talking about a proper burger yeah proper burger i'd, I'd rather make my own yeah that's true yeah or do. go to andrew's hamburgers yeah. in, in, <laughs> Albert in, Park. in Albert Park. Yeah. it's pretty good because yeah, i put beetroot in there yeah i love a bit of beetroot in there 
Anyway, um, Americans, if you if you put them all in a line, yeah. And, and line up how many burgers they eat in a year, yeah. that line would circle Earth 32 times. My God. Yeah. You know how... That's a lot of burgers. You burger. know how Saturn has rings? Yeah. That would be Earth. It would yeah. be a burger ring. Yeah, we've got burger rings. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Anyway. Um, that's a lot of burgers, man. 71% of the beef that... <sighs> in US hotels is in the form of hamburgers and cheeseburgers. Wow. Pretty disgusting when you think about it. Um, there's an expensive burger. There's, there was one made uh, several years ago in 1990 in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, it was served with uh, Chateau Petrus. Right. It had black truffles, foie gras and Kobe beef and oh. sold for $5,000 oh, a burger. for goodness sake, you're joking. And uh, just to finish off, because um, in case you're not already hungry. Well, this I feel sick now. This, this one will get you. This is a place in America where it's called the Heart Attack Grill. Oh, my goodness. Huh? Yep. It's a cardiologist's. Yeah. This is a health warning. Yeah. No, well, no, this is a, here's the address. Here's the address. You just work yes. for the rest yeah, of your correct, life. Correct, correct. <laughs> They've got a thing called the Quadruple Bypass Burger. Oh. Now, you can, I'll unpack this for yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Four half-pound beef slices. Four half so a pound. So that's four beef patties that are half a pound each. Yep. Which I assume is like you know, half a, a bit more than half a kilo. Eight American cheese slices. Now, they're not real cheese slices. No, those are plastic they're stuff. They're the American cheese slices, which resemble cheese, yeah. only in colour. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 20 bacon slices. 20 bun slices? How many, how many bacon and eggs? Yeah. I'd have maybe two max. Uh, I could go four. All right. Yeah. What's five, uh, but five f- times that? Yeah, no, 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 no. I could go four on a good day. 20 uh, caramelised onion slices. Right. One tablespoon of mayonnaise. Tablespoon. <laughs> Go easy on the mayonnaise, will you? <laughs> two, two tablespoons of ketchup or tomato sauce. That's not a lot either. Eight tomato slices, one tablespoon of mustard and one bun. One bun. All one bun. One bun. Really? It's a towering feast. How would you get your yeah. laughing gear around it? So is it the sort of the width of a normal burger but just stacked to about eight feet high? Stacked to about, yeah, eight foot high. Right. And uh, how many calories? Uh, I'm going uh, 8,500. Uh, you would be close. Really? It's actually 9,982 calories. It's, uh, it's about two and a half weeks intake in one meal. <laughs> it's well a, done. <laughs> it's a straight trip to the hospital. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't get names or anything, but I did see on TV in the last couple of days two blokes carrying a, a wooden tray with a burger and a bun that's the circumference of the stool I'm sitting on. Oh. And that was, and it's, it's like a communal burger that you sort of cut up and it was enough to feed about 40 people. Anyway. It took two of them to carry it. Next time we, next year, yeah. I'm going to pencil it in. Yeah. Yeah, we're we'll going to have a burger. Day, we'll yeah, go right, and have yeah, a burger. Yeah, we're we'll going to have a burger. Yeah. Right, we'll, have right. A, we'll have a burger off. Yeah, until, until <laughs> such time. We better burger off we now. We'll burger off now. <laughs> You've been listening to Two Smoking Guns. See you soon. <laughs>